Good morning, everybody. I really do miss giving you those hugs at the door. Um, Dave tried to find a virtual hug, but we weren't able to find it. So consider yourselves virtually hugged this morning. Um, before I do the corporate prayer this morning, I just wanted to have a quick word um, and say, look, the whole pastoral care team is really feeling for everyone out there and we care so much about you and we just want to say, please reach out to us. If things are feeling a little bit different and you're not coping as well as you were or just want to chat, please don't hesitate to give us a call. I just want to um, perhaps make you aware from a psychological perspective of what might be happening right now because a lot of us are feeling very, very different to the way that we have been feeling. For instance, you might be a really good sleeper and all of a sudden you can't sleep or you sleep too much or you you suddenly find you're not hungry or, or you are extra hungry or if you're a prolific reader, you might not be able to mentally digest even one paragraph. So there's a lot of things that are happening to us. And what this is, it's called grief. And we think sometimes that grief is something that we experience uh, when someone passes away. But grief is actually a mechanism that helps us to deal with things. And we go into a process of grief and we feel all the things that we do when we're grieving for someone we lose. We might get angry. We, we might not be able to think clearly. Uh, there's a whole host of things that happen to us when we're in a situation like this. And sometimes we underestimate just what's happening to us because we push things down into our subconscious and then things come out and we even start to deal with things that have been on the back burner for many years. So if you're finding life is a bit different, there's a good reason for it. And we're, we're here and we so love you guys and we so want you to reach out to us and we just want to be able to be there for you. So please remember that we're here. So let's pray this morning. Loving God, your desire is for our wholeness and well-being. We pray for our church family this morning. Help us to be aware of our thoughts and actions as we filter them through the difficult times we are facing Guide our thinking and help us to be kind to ourselves and understanding of each other as we face the days ahead. We take captive every thought that is not in line with your ways and we surrender them to Jesus. Heavenly Father, we hold in tenderness and prayer the collective suffering of our world at this time. We grieve precious lives lost and vulnerable lives threatened. We ache for our neighbours in our global village as they stand with us in an uncertain future. We pray for your protection and care for Carrie and Kewan's friends in South Africa, also Anne Barnes' friend in South Africa. I pray for my Bali family and friends, especially the hundred kids in the orphanage who have already lost one parent. For any people in our church who have loved ones in other parts of the country or world, we pray you ease their worry and bring peace to their hearts. Inspire our world leaders to discern and make wise choices aligned with the common good. Help us to practice social distancing and reveal to us new and creative ways to come together in spirit and solidarity. Call us to profound trust in your faithful presence. We do trust you are with us at this time of white noise and chaos. 
We pray for an end to this pandemic. Whisper your words of comfort, encouragement and hope to all those who need them in these days of worry. Draw close to those who are sick and all those who risk illness in caring for them. Lord, we ask that you protect and uplift them. Lord God, you are our faithful God, the God who does not abandon. You are breathing within us. You are breathing among us. You are breathing around us in our beautiful yet wounded world. Lord, we put our trust in you. In Jesus' name. Thank you for that that prayer, Willie, and also just the reminder of um, what is happening, I think, for a, a lot of people. Perhaps some of us aren't really aware uh, of the things that are happening uh, in our lives and how it's, it's taking effect on us. Uh, I know for myself, uh, my mind has been quite scattered and all over the place these last, probably last couple of months, really. Um, and as I was preparing the service late last night, I've come out of a time of uh, of leave and trying to get my head back in the game about um, what's go- what, what we're going to be doing this morning. And I was looking for something creative, something that I could show that someone else had done. And this thing just kept coming back to me. And it was that no matter what we're going through, uh, no matter what change, no matter what circumstances are happening around us, you know, the Bible is full of people who have gone through all sorts of things and yet, and yet uh, still are able to rejoice in the goodness and the favour of God. And that is my uh, prayer for myself, really, and my prayer for you too. And I was praying uh, the other day and I just had a, a picture of a car spring uh, suspension and I was just wondering what that meant and I just sensed that it was a word for someone perhaps a couple of people that um, the suspension is there to help when there is pressure to help when there is a bump in the road and you might be feeling a few bumps you might be feeling a few pressures uh, and what is that suspension it is being in relationship with the father it is being uh, known by him and loved by him and that that enables us to endure the bumps and and the pressures of life and so if that's a word for you I pray that you be encouraged um, in in the Bible there is a, a wonderful passage at, at the end of one of the minor prophets it's um, I can never say this word Habakkuk Habakkuk <laughs> Um, chapter 3, uh, verse 17, it says, Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails, and the field produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet, there's a wonderful word, isn't it? Yet, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Saviour. Yet, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Saviour. And so as I was looking for some creative aspect to um, share this morning, the Lord laid on my heart to sing an old hymn. 
and my prayer is that you use this time to be prayerful, uh, to reflect. You might want to sit, let the words wash over you. You might want to listen. You might want to join in with the words as they come up on the screen. But the whole point of this time, uh, as we lead into the message this morning, is for you to know God's love and for you to know his presence uh, as you go through those bumps and as you go through those pressures in life. Uh, This song was written by someone who went through horrendous things and yet he was able, yet, (laughs) he was able to write this amazing song that speaks of the fact that no matter what happens in life, it is well with our soul because of what Jesus has done for us. No matter what happens, uh, our security, our our salvation cannot be taken away uh, because of what he has done for us. So I just want to sing this to you. I pray that it minister to you, uh, that you be able to just reflect on your own circumstances right now and particularly in the in the light of what Willie just shared with us on grief. And may this just wash over you and may God really do a great work in your heart and reveal himself and his love for you. Use my fingers. <laughs> when peace like a river attendeth my way. When sorrows like sea billows roll Whatever my love Thou hast told me to say Even so it is well with my soul It is well With my soul With my soul It is well It is well with sin, oh the bliss of this glorious thought, my sin not in part, but the Oh 
privilege to introduce to you someone who I really respect and look up to, uh, someone who uh, I long to be more like uh, as a pastor, and uh, who's someone who has uh, who is the, the founding pastor of this church. Uh, I want to introduce to you David Smythe, who's going to bring to us a message that I really think is uh, for now and will bless you. So thank you, Dave. Thank you, Sam. Great lead into the sermon today. But firstly, I just want to say, great to be with you. Sorry I can't see your faces, and I'm sorry that you have to look at mine. <laughs> kids, are you there? Give me a wave. That's it. Come on, wave, kids. Beautiful. Thank you. So, today, I think an appealing subject and experience something that most of us, well, all of us, want to experience but tr- struggle to experience. And it's probably something that is very relevant as we do experience COVID-19, the COVID-19 pandemic. The subject today is spelt R-E-S-T, rest. The question, are we enjoying rest? Is it possible? Well, come with me to the text for today. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Listen to it in the Amplified Version. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden and overburdened, and I will cause you to rest. I will... Ease, relieve, and refresh your souls. I don't know about you, but that 
invitation sounds very appealing to me. What a great offer to the weary and burdened, to those that labour and are heavy laden. And isn't that all of us, at least some of the time anyway? As we face up to the many or manifold challenges of life, as we navigate our way in and through the weary and groaning world. And for those of you that are Bible students, I'm sure that's all of you, we read that things will get worse before they get better. Jesus said, nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. Men will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world. Now, I could further unfold that negative, but uh, let's get back to the positive. Jesus' wonderful words. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. You will find rest for your soul. So just want to ask the question, what is our soul? The Bible tells us that we're tripartite beings, that we're made up of spirit, soul, and body. Now, I understand that soul is our inner person. It's who we are. It's our personality. We are a soul. And we're told that our soul consists of mind, will, and emotions. Now, I think that the spirit gives us life. Spirit gives life to the soul. And I believe our body is the home for our soul. A rested soul is a fountain of refreshing. A pestered soul is a fountain of frustration. But here's the question for us today. How will Jesus give us this rest? And what does it mean? The answer is found in Matthew 11, 28 and 29, our text for today. Come there again. Verse 28. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your soul. So there it is. Firstly, we come to Jesus, we take his yoke upon us, and we learn from him. So the first step into this rest, come to Jesus. Accept Jesus as our Lord, our Saviour, and our friend. Turn our lives over to him. Love, listen, learn, live with him. It's discipleship. It's to become a disciple of Jesus. But here's the big point. I want to make today and that Jesus was wanting to make in these very words. It's a call into relationship, not into religion. Listen to Matthew eleven twenty-eight in the message translation. Listen carefully here. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. Did you hear that? burned out on religion. Now, in talking about the challenges of life, I didn't mention religion. And that was what the people that were listening to Jesus were into in a big way. The Pharisees, the religious leaders, they were proud dictators of legalistic religion. Judaism had become a religion of works and worry. People were weighed down with legal do's and don'ts. In fact, the Mosaic law had been codified into 613 commandments, 365 prohibitions, and 248 must-do's. 
So the people were left under the burden of sin and guilt that led to death and then the dungeon. Jesus' simple words of grace, come to me and find rest for your soul. Not religion, but relationship. I think these words would have sounded pretty good to those that heard it when Jesus spoke those words, and I think they still sound pretty good today. So let's go a bit further. Who is it that we come to? Jesus, God's Son, the Christ, the Messiah, the Lamb of God, the I Am, the beginning and the end, the Good Shepherd, the Gate, the Way, the Truth and the Life, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, the Saviour of all who come to him. Now at the time of speaking these words, Jesus hadn't died for the sins of the world, but he knew he would, and that salvation would be available as a gift of grace to all who would come to him. Now we know he died on the cross. He took the punishment for our sin upon himself. He rose from the dead. He's alive and offers the gift of salvation to us all. Not salvation through D-O, do, but salvation through D-O-N-E, done. Three scriptures I'll read to you. Romans 9.16 It does not therefore depend on man's desire or effort, but on God's mercy. Galatians 2.16 Know that a man is not justified by observing the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, so that no one can boast. So you might be asking, what has this got to do with rest? Well, I think it's right in front of us. We rest in our salvation. It's done. It's sealed. We're made right with God. We're forgiven, cleansed of sin. We're born of God's spirit. We're sons and daughters of God. God is not just God to us. He's our Father, our Heavenly Father. Hell, separation from God is crossed out. Heaven in the company of God is penciled in. Peter says, We have an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade, kept in heaven for us. It's going to be good. We can rest in the comfortable lounge chair of salvation. And as Sam just sang to us, we can sing, all is well, all is well with my soul. Not a bait about obeying all the rules. Not about jumping through a great line of hoops. It's not about filling out a 10-page document that we have to sign at the end but simply and sincerely coming to Jesus. Let me read from a theological book that I have in my library. I've got it out for you. There it is. Have you heard the little saying, it's not the size of the dog in the fight, but it's the size of the fight in the dog that's important. It's not the size of the book. It's what's in the book. That's important. I'm going to read to you from this little book. Our hope rests on trusting God. Salvation has nothing to do with obeying the right set of rules, doing the right type of good works, or feeling a certain way. 
Salvation comes by simply saying, Yes, Jesus, I trust you. When you accept Jesus' terms of salvation, you can trust that God will honour his agreement forever. Your salvation is secure. It's done. We can enter our Sabbath rest, our salvation rest. Now listen to this. The rest can and should flow out of our soul into every part of our being. That's where it starts. Where does it flow? Where does it go to? Leads us to the next bit of instruction Jesus gave us. Take my yoke upon you. What does yoke mean? Well, just ask the kids sitting with you. They'll tell you it's the yellow bit in the middle of an egg. Yeah, not even funny, David. The dictionary says, a wooden frame, a bar with a collar-like piece at either end for attaching a pair of oxen so that they can work as a team. So yoke speaks of our responsibility, our effort, our work on life's journey. But you say, David, Jesus, I thought we were going to be given rest, not a yoke. Well, the rest that Jesus gives us is not a rest from work, but a rest in work. You know, doing nothing will not satisfy the soul. There's no better rest at the end of a day after a good, productive day's work. And aren't we hearing the cry at the moment as we experience social isolation? What can we do? We want to do something. Kids with nothing to do, it doesn't take them long to quickly say, I'm bored. So being in a yoke is okay. But not the Pharisees' religious yoke. Not please the other person yoke. Not please yourself yoke. But Jesus yoke. Yes, we have a contribution to make. It's our calling. It's our place, our ministry. It's the outworking of our gifting. It's our fruitfulness. But here's the good news. We're yoked together with Jesus. Not a bad partner to be yoked up with, to walk with. He said to us, he's gentle and humble of heart. He wants to help us on life's journey. I want to read to you a couple of illustrations. I'm going to read them and not just say them because they're going to be better if I read them. There was an old farmer ploughing with a team of oxen. As I saw this team, I was somewhat amazed, for one was a huge ox and the other a very small bullock. The ox towered over the little bullock that was sharing the work with him. I was amazed and perplexed to see the farmer trying to plough with two such unequal animals in the yoke, and I commented on the inequality to the man with whom I was with. He stopped the car and said, I want you to notice something. See the way those traces are hooked up to the yoke? You'll observe that the large ox is pulling almost all the weight. The little bullock is being broken into the yoke, but he's not actually pulling much at all. My mind instinctively came to the passage of Scripture where the Lord said, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. In the normal yoking, the load is equally distributed between the two that are yoked together. 
But when we are yoked with Jesus Christ, he bears most of the load, and we who are yoked to him share the joy and accomplishment of the labour. The other one, I'm sure if you've been around for a while, you've heard this because it's been around for a while, but I like it. I hope you do. As a kid, I loved bikes. Bicycle built for two. As a kid, I loved bikes. From the beginning, I enjoyed the races. But how does a small boy win the right to ride in the biggest race of all? That's the race of life. At first, I saw God as a judge who would determine whether I was good enough to enter the race and if my effort merited a prize. I was quite sure I would recognise God if I saw him, but I didn't know him at all. Later, I recognised Jesus was the coach who had taught others how to ride. He explained that life was like a bike ride. He made me see that life was a tandem bike, and I noticed that Jesus was in the back seat helping me pedal. Man, this was great. I could control the bike, but he gave me the power to really move. One day we got to travelling so fast that I lost control and we crashed into a tree. Have you done that? I have. I was knocked out cold for about three hours. That was when he suggested that we change places. The race has never been the same since. With Jesus providing the power and the steering, the race of life is very exciting. When I had the controls, I knew the course I would take. The race was sort of boring and predictable. Always took what seemed to be the shortest distance to the finish line. But when Jesus took the handlebars, he knew exciting long cuts over mountains and down into deep valleys. Very soon I forgot my boring life apart from the tandem bike. Even when I was scared, there was a thrill about this ride and I was calmed when he reached back to touch my hand. I did not trust him at first because I was sure that if he controlled the bike, he would wreck it. But you know, I found that he not only provided power and direction for the journey, he also provided special ability to race because he built the bike. He knew exactly how much times he made the bike to lean into a curb and how to jump over high rocks. Times he made the bike just fly. And I'm learning to just trust and pedal through the strangest places. I'm beginning to enjoy the view, the cool breeze on my face and my delightful constant companion. It's like I love my companion more than I do the bike or the race. On those days when I think that I cannot keep riding anymore, he just smiles and says, just trust me and pedal. Joke. Jesus said something more about this yoke. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Listen to it in the Amplified Bible. You might be able to read it with me on the screen. For my yoke is wholesome, useful, good, not harsh, hard, sharp or pressing but comfortable, gracious and pleasant, and my burden is light and easy to bear. So the yoke Jesus puts on us fits perfectly. It is what God designed and gifted us for. It satisfies the soul. How good to look across 
and see Jesus right along on side, right along on side. You know, another way of saying we're to be yoked with Jesus is the story of abiding in the vine. Jesus is in the vine. We are the branches. As we abide in the vine, we will bear much fruit for God. Now, here's a lesson to learn from the branches. They don't stress, but they just rest in the vine. You could say they just hang around in the vine. Well, here's the lesson for us. We're to just hang out with Jesus. In Colossians 3.17, we read, Whatever you do in word or deed, do as unto the Lord. Well, I want to change that today and say, Whatever we do in word or deed, let's do it with Jesus. So we rest in our relationship yoked with Jesus. Finding and doing what God designed us to do, and it feels so good when we do that. We rest in God's will for our lives. But here's a little point I want to make. It's not all work and no play. I want to read to you one of my favourite scriptures. 1 Timothy 6.17 Put your hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. God's provision. The list is endless. I've just written down a couple of things. An early morning swim and work out in the gym. Enjoy a run or ride in the sun. Enjoy the green cheese. Did I say trees or cheese? It was meant to be trees. Enjoy the green trees and a gentle breeze. Surf in the sea. Nurse a kid on your knee. Walk in the park. Steal a kiss in the dark. Have a coffee and a cake. And new friends to make. And then why not have another coffee and cake? Yes, there's work to be done. But we need to get the balance right. Not all work and no play. God wants us to enjoy our Sabbath rest in company with family and friends. But let's add to that. Enjoy our Sabbath rest, our salvation rest, in the company of family and friends and with God our Heavenly Father, Jesus our Saviour and friend, and the Holy Spirit our companion and guide. I think the first words of that little hymn speak it so clearly. What a fellowship. What a joy divine. I want to change that too and say, what a fellowship. What a joy is mine. Now this is where we're going to have to leave it today. But I believe what we've done is lay a foundation that this rest Jesus is talking about is built upon. Our salvation, a gift of grace. What amazing grace. It's not about religion, but a relationship with Jesus. Yoking up with Jesus, the truth, the way, and the life. There's more to unfold in the understanding and experience of this rest that Jesus wants us to have. We'll do that next time round, whenever that is. However, just to lead into what is to come, the next thing that Jesus said that would lead us into rest. Did you hear it? Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. We learn by listening and looking to Jesus. And when we get there, I want us to listen and look at what Jesus teaches about attitude, altitude, anxiety, 
and the arrangements he's made that all lead to our rest. But for today, my final thought. I quoted the first line of the hymn, What a fellowship, what a joy divine. I'm wanting to read that. David Potter, if you're there, you can sing it. What a fellowship, what a joy divine, leaning on the everlasting arms. What a blessedness, what a peace is mine, leaning on the everlasting arms. Leaning, leaning, safe and secure from all alarms. Leaning, leaning, leaning on everlasting arms. Now, I'm going to make a change to the words of this song. I'm going to change from leaning to resting. They fit perfectly together. Verse 2. Oh, how sweet the walk is the pilgrim way, resting on the everlasting arms. Oh, how bright the path grows from day to day, resting on the everlasting arms. Verse 3. What have I to dread? What have I to fear? Resting on the everlasting arms. I have blessed peace with my Lord so near, resting on the everlasting arms. The chorus, resting, resting, safe and secure from all alarms, resting, resting, resting on the everlasting arms. Finally, I want to read our text today in the message translation. Matthew 11, 28, 29, 30. The words are going to come up on the screen. Are you tired? Worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you learn to live freely and lightly. So that leads me to amen. Do you know what amen means? It means I agree, let it be. Let's say amen to the words of Jesus today. Amen. Every blessing. Thank you, Sam. Oh, thank you, David, for that uh, wonderful word, and I think timely as well. Uh, I know for me, I was very blessed uh, by that. And yeah, it's great to see the the Holy Spirit at work last night, leading me into the song uh, before your message, uh, and it shows that you know God is is at work and is moving amongst us and desiring to reveal Himself to us in in many different ways. Um, David and I were going to have a, a coffee and cake before the pandemic hit, so we're looking forward to that <laughs> coffee and cake uh, when we're able to do so. And um, I'm just going to end the service before we get into any sharing uh, with a song called The Goodness of Jesus, and it really just speaks of uh, that weary heart and, and coming to him. So uh, as you think about the message that's just been shared, may you... Uh, be blessed and ministered to as we sing this song. Come, you weary heart. And-
days in the goodness of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, uh, that you offer us uh, your rest, that you offer us to take upon uh, your yoke where uh, you do the majority of the work and that we can learn from you and that we can uh, just be like that bike rider who sits and enjoys the ride of life, uh, knowing that you take us where you want to and that we can rest in the knowledge that you are for us and not against us, in the knowledge that you desire to take us to where you want to lead us, that will enable us to grow and be all that you're calling us to be. So Lord, we just pray that 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 word uh, really settle in our hearts uh, today and lead us on as we go into this week. In Jesus' name, amen. I meant to grab my phone before Dave <laughs> got up to speak. Um, uh, <laughs> Soren just wanted to say to Dave, uh, when you said, Kids, are you enjoying your rest? Both of his kid, kids said, no. <laughs> Classic. Thank you. Um, uh, uh, one of the members of our church, uh, we've been praying for uh, her grandson uh, who was in an accident, and she just wants to um, praise God and say what an amazing answer to, to prayer um, that that he uh, was able to, to go through some things. But there is some more... Uh, things to be praying for and so as we as a a church can we continue to pray for him uh, her grandson as he um, enables that God would uh, really heal him and and make him recover from that that accident Um, Jim Winkle wants to say amen Dave (laughs) amen 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 what a wonderful beautiful saviour that we have and uh, uh, Tina Fontaine says, "I love how in the little uh, bullock, the little bullock was in training in the yoke. So hopefully, as hang out with him, our muscles will grow, and we will share more and more with him, and then with others." Thanks, Tina. Um, yeah, so we look forward to part two, Dave, of um, the, the, your message. As uh, yeah, we want to just continue to learn and, and, and walk with our Saviour, Jesus. I pray that, uh, I trust that today has been a real blessing for you as it was personally for me. Uh, we look forward to touching base next week. Kids, just a reminder that you guys have got a Zoom call now that you can touch uh, base with your friends. And uh, grown-ups, I encourage you to, to also uh, do that if you feel free to. Uh, once the kids have finished their, their conversations, maybe you guys get on board and just have a hello to one another. May the Lord uh, bless you as you go about your week this week. Goodbye.